Welcome to BC Wines and Vines. I'm your host, Christopher Mark. This episode is sponsored by Vitality, a supportive hub to help you realize all your vineyard aspirations using quantitative data gathering and analysis, precision viticulture tools, community connection with a love for terroir in its truest form. Whether mapping subsoil irrigation or chlorophyll efficiency, Vitality pushes the edges of science and terroir to help you create better fruit more sustainably and profitably. Vintality also has a weekly newsletter with BC Wine News, useful resources and interesting articles, whether you're a winemaker, on the business side, in the vineyard, or just passionate about wine. You can sign up at the website vintality.ca. This episode, we're joined by Cornel Sudu, owner and operator of Kalala Organic Estate Winery in Kelowna, BC. Cornel's original background is as an electrical engineer, and he has a funny story how he ended up in the wine industry. Cornel and Kalala have won numerous awards. Most recently, Cornel was selected as the BC Grape Growers Association Viticulturalist of the Year. This is a peer-selected award showing the standing he holds in the BC wine industry. There are a few repeating themes you'll pick up on. The first is the primacy of education, to always be learning. Cornell walks his talk here and you'll hear some harrowing stories where this turned out well and others that became moments of learning. Another theme is the importance of gratitude and recognition of those who've supported you. Cornell goes out of his way to credit all those around him, colleague or employee, who've played a role in his success. The last theme I'll mention is the challenges of being an outsider something Carnell experienced both as a new immigrant to Canada, an engineer, and an East Indian in the BC wine industry. Sitting with Carnell, I was impressed by his kindness for others and passion for viticulture. Take a listen. Yeah, it's good to have you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming. And, uh... Yeah, this, uh, we moved to Canada back in 1993 with <laughs> my family, and my brother, my sister, and parents. <laughs> and first we came to Vancouver. We stayed in Surrey for six months. Then uh, <coughs> we moved to Penticton, yep. looking for work. And uh, work uh, wherever you can find work at that time. The, it was quite hard to find work at that. Uh, yeah. And how how old were you when you first moved to Canada? At uh, twenty six. Yeah. And you had your you had your electrical engineering degree yeah. at that point. Twenty five. Right? Twenty five. Yeah. Twenty six. Somewhere there. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tell how old. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we'll keep that. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> uh, yeah. And. Uh, Back home, I did a three uh, electrical mm-hmm. engineering program and work uh, in a, a few different uh, fields there. Mm-hmm. Work in private sector, then I work for a government, uh, semi-government, I think it's called, uh, same like BC Hydro. Mm-hmm. So I was doing there, working in the, uh, a department where they do high voltage transmission line. So. Then 93, we moved it to here. And the first to do 
uh, Vancouver stay in Saris in December. We decide to move to Okanagan, mm-hmm. even we don't know where it is, which <laughs> yeah. kind of, kind of no, because I met yeah. someone at uh, uh, at Tokyo Airport. The guy was from uh, Osoyas, <laughs> so he kind of told oh, we yeah. have some uh, very good uh, Indo-Canadian population yeah. in Okanagan, and uh, they're fairly good work, uh, and uh, we always need yeah. people there, so. We thought we can find it out there, <laughs> and uh, then uh, I, I started looking work in electrical fields. Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge was because they don't recognize your education, yeah. and uh, majority of people ask me if I have Canadian experience, which uh, hmm. kind of bother still bothers me. Yeah, because how do you get the experience if nobody hires you? Yeah, and nobody born with experience. You have to start somewhere. <laughs> then I started knocking different doors and writing letters to ministries and uh, I went to Human Resources Department mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I remember the counselor's name was I think Malcolm Clark. Hmm. Nice gentleman and uh, he kind of guided me some, so yeah, we can do something. We can sponsor you for job placement. If anybody has you, you can work in electrical field, then you get experience. The company don't need to pay money for training mm. kind of field, we will pay that. So he gave me his card and a little letter. He said, you attach with your resume. And uh, I went here all the way even to Kootenai, just looking for electrical yeah. job. Yeah. West Kootenai Power, I apply <laughs> that time. Now they change name million times. <laughs> so, West Kootenai Power. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, <clears throat> then I went to Vancouver. One guy hired me, and he was electrical contractor. Yeah. And uh, I worked for him, I think, about a year. Then. Uh, kind of housing market slowed very much uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. So work almost dry out and uh, I cannot really stay alone there paying uh, with the rent and yep. expenses. So I decided to come back and stay with the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so your, your family is still here in yeah. the Okanagan at yeah. that point. So, you, the, so you'd left and you'd kind of gone yeah. to, to the Kootenays and you'd yeah. gone to Vancouver and, and been yeah. working there. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Kutani, nobody hired me. So yeah. <laughs> finally, Vancouver, someone hired me, and then I started working there, work about a year, 11 months or something. Then the work was very slow, mm-hmm. and then I decided to come back. When we come back, we start working in different fields, and again, Whatever job you find, you go do it, right? Yep, yep. And uh, then uh, 95, 94, I was there. 95 in March, it's actually the first winery I worked was a Lee Kamath estate. Huh. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even familiar, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Lee Kamath estate uh, is uh, nowadays called Chija Little Ranch. Okay. <laughs> so that's uh, where we work in yep. vineyard and uh, 
that repair their fence. They have yeah. a big property and lots of forest area. We were doing work on fan, repairing oh. fence and doing work in wind yard. And, um, so that's your first, so you're just, you yeah. Know, and, and was that you by yourself or is that some members no, of your family as well? Uh, all three of us, yeah. all three brothers there. Yeah. We work all three of us. And that's your first time in a vineyard is? Uh, yeah, so yeah. very much, very well, say first, before we did some picking. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, so uh, from there, one day, like, uh, we were sitting for lunch and they have wine shop that time there too. And three of us, we was talking, and my elder brother said, yeah, that's not a bad business. Yeah, a bottle of juice you can sell for 12 or $15. <laughs> so we kind of came to our head that one day we're going to do it. That's right? amazing. So, also we get, what else we can do? I cannot get a job in a... Mm -hmm. My field. Yep. And uh, what else better I can do from being from Punjab is mm -hmm. farming. Yes. So we started looking job for farming and uh, that. And you, you had a, you'd learned a little bit uh, back in Punjab in terms of uh, farming. Like you, they taught you some farming in high school and such. Oh yeah. The, but like yeah. Uh, if you born in Punjab, you learn farming. Yeah. Anyway, born in farmer family. Mm. You have to yeah. learn. And that was your parents' background. They were yeah. farmers. Yeah. Yeah. All. Uh, what I say in my family, I was the only person who get uh, out of that profession, hmm. being into engineering yep. field and come back. <laughs> but everybody else was, my brother was in kind of, uh, even he was working for government, he was involved with the farming. He was working for land and revenue department. <laughs> so, then, uh, like, uh, in uh, 95, uh, toward uh, and we work in a packing house and uh, all our soldiers. And also that time we were working in Kelowna here. Hmm. So in the morning, my family come to work in Kelowna. In the evening, we do packing it. <laughs> so <laughs> then uh, same time, my brother started taking some courses about uh, tax preparation. Hmm. And uh, uh, I mean, I was also learning too. When uh, then 95 December, we decided to buy a house, and uh, we made a decision that we're going to Kelowna, mm -hmm. our best bank in that area, because it's a bigger city. Tomorrow, you want to do any business, it's a good you go to bigger city. Yep. And our first business was actually doing tax preparation for people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we did that. Uh, we still do a little bit. My wife does it now. My brother do full time. He have his own company, mm. uh, tax preparation. He work in Surrey. Okay. And uh, so that uh, we bought a house in here in West Bank. Uh, that time it used to call Kelowna uh, because they redo that the boundary, I think 2008 or something, yeah. or 10. And that's an uh, area called Lake Heights. So we bought a house there. Now, again, you have to find a work here. Yeah. And uh, uh, March, I started going out, looking for jobs and uh, 
different vineyards because now we do have a little bit experience of yep. vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> Second to life work in vineyard, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have applied a few places. Then uh, Summerhill hired me to mm-hmm. do some work in vineyard. That time they need someone to do pruning. Hmm. And Dr. Alan Marks, he don't like to call him doctor, but <laughs> he's a full, very close friend of mine. Yeah. So. <laughs> doctor, he's a PhD, so we call him doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he hired me, and uh, I remember his uh, very first day when uh, I go see him, he told me, we don't have a job, but you're qualified, but uh, I truly believe if you can do that, you can do this one too, if mm. you're looking for work. Mm. And I know you probably be hardworking person, yeah. engineering is not easy to do. Yeah. So th- he hired me to do, I said, uh, he asked me like, uh, did you do pruning? I said, no, I didn't do, but if you tell me what you want to do, I, I can do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, started working there and uh, uh, being from farm, right, it's just different plant. You kind of very quick yes. logic, you know how things grow, what uh, to do. The very all, all crops are very similar to grow, right? And then uh, I kind of like my work. And uh, so I kind of uh, get a full time job there working 14 hour a day. <laughs> <laughs> because I have to uh, need to do to make yep. a living. And uh, then 97, I went back home to get married. <laughs> married to my wife Narendra in 97, whole family went there. And then uh, when I come back at that time, uh, Stephen Sives offered me that if I want to go to uh, the viticulture course mm-hmm. they started in Penticton. Ah, interesting. So they said yes, and uh, they say okay, then uh, you should go for it, and uh, we will help you. Mm-hmm. And they help. And uh, Stephen Saib, uh, uh, I give lots of credit to him <laughs> too, who I am because of him. He gave me the path. He gave me the opportunity, right? And then uh, I took that course. So like what, like what are you thinking at that time? Because I mean, you've been working, obviously you have your electrical engineering background and yeah. you know, part, you know, partly just because of laws in Canada, you had trouble getting work in there and now yeah. you're, you're back to farming. So what, like for you, is it just, yeah. Why, like what, what, what's, what made you go, okay, like I'll, I'll take this education with the idea of obviously getting more into yeah. working in vineyards. What was that? Uh, like a, one thing it didn't really bother me mm. like some people go depressed this is no that's thing nothing can depress i say i can prove myself mm. and uh, i truly believe that uh, you can do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. and also i always tell my kids don't go to school to be something go to learn something mm. that's more important for me to learn than mm-hmm. be some you can be whoever later on but you want to be the then, uh, also because it's, uh, at that time, Stephen said, yeah, you stick here, we'll pay you well. And uh, then that's okay, I'll do it mm-hmm. because uh, now I have opportunity to educate myself and I can uh, uh, 
step right uh, yeah. right direction and after that the course they also promote me as a vineyard manager and uh, then i was managing some health vineyard uh, until 2006. And so like what was it like you finished a course and now like what was it like kind of in those early days managing the vineyard right like you're coming in you've got some education you're also obviously uh, some degrees new to some elements how yeah. I don't know how many uh, you know uh, yeah, how big Summerhill was exactly at that time but yeah what was that like? Uh, Summerhill is 40 acres yeah. and uh, it's uh, uh, they asked me earlier too to actually uh, if I want to manage Vinjad at that time I said no I'm not ready for it mm. Uh, mm. and uh, then uh, I put a more effort to learn and I'm lost self-taught too I yeah. do things and see how things go being engineer you do experiment <laughs> you have the mind for it yeah so you learn and uh, my dad helped me Fairly mm. good because Summerhill was uh, organic. Yeah, they weren't biodynamic at that time. No, not yeah. that time. Yeah. And uh, that uh, my dad being farmer, and he was a really good farmer, and uh, most uh, he was organic. And uh, I remember his uh, very early days when even I wasn't manager telling me, he said, you know what, those need to be send out. Hmm. They're too crowded and they will get the diseases. Huh. I never grow grapes, but he said, I know how crops work. <laughs> so you have to send out. Yep. That's, uh, yep. that's the only way because airflow is important. Any crop you grow, the airflow is important. Then he gave me a couple of examples. Hmm. We grow corn and we grow uh, all other cotton. And uh, mustard, he said, mm. you remember I used to tell you, okay, go into corn, cut those uh, plant in between, make a little bit yeah. open. That was the whole thing. Huh. Same thing with the uh, cotton, we pull the plant off, it's too close to each other. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make it, that's why I say we plant it like that apart, so there is airflow. Yeah. So, from there, I started doing that kind of stuff. and. Uh, succeed and then um, at uh, the end of the summer hell wind was yard was hundred percent clean from the diseases hmm. and uh, very well controlled with insects with the uh, out using too much uh, hmm. product yep and uh, if, when i go to uh, organic i'm not only looking to, oh you have organic produce i'm looking how to reduce amount of use. I'm more looking how plant can do themselves. Yes. So we mm. reduce lots of use of uh, uh, sulfur because early days when I took over the manager before he told me oh, you use seven to eight uh, ten pound an acre of sulfur which I bring it to even pound two pound. <laughs> wow. Good. And uh, now I'm, I'm in the grams in my vineyard, <laughs> so, and still uh, it's a clean vineyard. So, well, maybe yeah, maybe walk us through that a little bit. Explain that a little bit more. How how you were able to accomplish that, like to reduce your to reduce the, the application that much? It's uh, like uh, the plant itself is uh, 
you give them a room, you make a, a open enough so airflow is better. If airflow is better, the small amount of uh, uh, use any input is work better. Mm. If it's like a ball, you cannot go through this way. This yes. way, then it's a there will be a part of the plant never get that. <laughs> so that is very important to starting to must open up better airflow, so better coverage. <laughs> and uh, I think it's also because uh, I start doing more frequently than waiting oh, okay. uh, for. 15, 20 days, or something like that. I I target my 10 days. Hmm. Because if you target 10 days, you do better in 15 days. Yep. It's a weather related, you get trained, you get a bend hmm. when you want to do a couple of days of this. So I target 10 days, but uh, you will be done in within two weeks. Yeah. And when it's a really, high pressure, I sometimes say, okay, we're going to do ten, uh, seven days because I want to cover that within 10 days. <laughs> so it's like a more important thing is like uh, the timing, right? Yep. And technique, those things are, if you apply anything, if it's wrong timing, wrong technique, you cannot achieve the goal. It doesn't matter how much you put in. So that's a, uh, then uh, also I think uh, over the time you learn how things work. And first we were really trying to get uh, early days, vineyard clean, floor clean, road mm. all that. But uh, then uh, over the year I learned actually all that vegetation, that's good. Yeah. We have to let it grow. And uh, then uh, 2010, I had a person from uh, Santa Lucia, <laughs> master's in agriculture and agronomy. I think agronomy is a BSc agriculture and master in agronomy. Really nice gentleman. He worked for me. Then uh, we started doing last experiment in Windjar. One surprising thing he found in Windyard on the vegetation, he said, you have five different fungus on your crop, mm. which help you to reduce mildew pressure. Mm. That's why you don't have a mildew pressure because yeah. those fungus feed on other fungus. Yeah. And, uh, then we kind of did experiment, uh, we did a clean cultivation and uh, we left uh, some area. The material we left is Sardine, which is uh, most susceptible to mildew, kind of. Mm. And then uh, we don't have mildew in Sardine, we have mildew where we did a clean cultivation. <laughs> <laughs> so since then, the vineyard looked like this. <laughs> we, even when we move, my more is set about uh, Six inch. Ah, we do a little bit because uh, the people like to look at, take pictures. Yeah. Uh, so we do a little bit uh, uh, moving, but uh, you can see how high grass in the middle and the we did uh, moving in middle now. The next step we do under the vine. Mm. That uh, then the middle one will be higher. Yeah. So we keep that uh, vegetation. <laughs>
and uh, it also hosts lots of other uh, beneficial insects, mm -hmm. and that's how we do. So, do, are you letting your cover crops grow naturally, or are you are you doing any seeding? Uh, I didn't do any seeding. I more uh, stay with whatever grows in German mm -hmm. yard is supposed to grow there, and mm -hmm. uh, kind of uh, plant grows there. That's that's good, but. Uh, <coughs> I think we're gonna look into it a little bit more. And last year we did some, uh, Summerland Research Center did some work here. And uh, we're gonna continue next year. This year because of COVID, mm -hmm. that went put on hold. So and you, what were they doing here? Uh, all different kind of cover crop mm -hmm. and assessing which help uh, which way and uh, how that help and uh, those, uh, they have lots of different cover crops, yep. so I want to learn too. Like if we can improve, we can improve, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing more you learn, less you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, right? Oh, totally true. The, right. <laughs> the, the, the quote I've always loved yeah. is, as the island of your knowledge grows, yeah. so do the shores of your ignorance. <laughs> 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 yeah, and uh, like you're learning, and I'm very open to do experiment in vineyard mm -hmm. or winery. Anybody working, I say, okay, if someone says, oh, maybe we should do this, let's do it. Yeah. I don't say no, I didn't say it's not going to work. I said, let's do it. Even you are not confident, let them do it. Maybe they you get something out of it, right? You don't learn. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, oh, it, uh, it will be a lot, a waste of time, this and that. My answer to them is education costs money. <laughs> there are no free education. Yeah. You learn from mistake, that costs yep. money. <laughs> you go to school, you have to pay for it. So education is Always not costs money, yeah. It costs money, and let's do it. And... Uh, yeah, I'm very open and uh, I get to sometimes young press people, they have ideas, I say, yeah, let's do it. Hmm. And uh, I try to have lots of young and press people. And mostly if someone say, oh, I do not find job because I don't have experience, I say, okay, come work for me. <laughs> because I hate that. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, well, you get to experience, right? Yep. You have to work somewhere. Hmm. And I say, oh, yeah, let's start. And, uh, you get to go to people, and that uh, not only we, uh, they don't have experience, that doesn't mean they don't have brain. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, is there is there anything you know thinking of some of these experiments you've done, or kind of people coming to you with maybe you know ideas that sound good or ideas that sound crazy? Are there any any kind of stories there that jump to mind of something that either worked really well or it kind of went really poorly, but it was a good learning experience? But uh, one good example, I say, I had a, a young student, she applied from Ontario for her internship from Niagara College. And funny, for a long time, I forget her name, right? Uh, my uh, buddy Tibor who worked here, he, did you talk to that girl? And uh, her name was Victoria, somehow I was looking for Vanessa in my email. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one day, 
I, I, I was here. He asked me, did you call that girl? I said, you know what? I didn't find the email. And he said, okay, I have the email. And uh, I said, okay, let's call her. <laughs> <laughs> and we called her. She was so excited that she finally got a call from any winery. She was yeah. a little bit getting stressed because mm -hmm. she was hardly legal to work in a wine shop because <laughs> she was 19 and a half or 20 years old. Yeah. And uh, she was so glad. I asked, she said, oh, nobody gave me a job because I don't have experience. Right? She told me that. I said, no, you come work here. And she came. And I said, okay, are you going to learn winemaking? So you're going to produce three wine. That's what we do. One red, one white, and ice wine. Hmm. Okay, that's fine. And so what we going to do, like which wine? I said, you know what you're going to produce? Dostana, which is our higher high tier level. She was a little bit, uh, what? I said, no, that's what you're going to do. Wow. It's, uh, are you not worried about uh, going sideways? Just, so, who cares? If you go sideways, you learn. Yeah. And we all learn from it. What hmm. we can stop doing next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was a little bit hesitant, but uh, she was also person to do things. Yeah, going home. That's what I love about her. Mm. And uh, she did it. And all three turned out good. <laughs> End up winning medals. So, so she's she, 19. She yeah, has 19 or uh, I think 19, 20, 20 yeah. somewhere there. But she has no vineyard experience when she comes here. Yeah. And obviously you must, you must have, you had some training and work with her. Yeah. But you then said, yeah. You know, here, take over our three, you know, yeah. you're going to produce three of our premium yeah. wines yeah. as your first vintage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when she went back after that uh, internship, she said, you know what? I learned more than anybody else who work with the big wineries. Mm. And <laughs> I have a lot more experience than uh, those people who work for bigger wineries. Yeah. Nah. nah. I also say, when you complete your training, you can come work for me. <laughs> and then uh, she came back and she did winemaking until last year. <laughs> and uh, so last year she went back to school again. Yeah. And uh, uh, Niagara called to take a distillation course. Ah. So. But uh, she should be done by September, but due to COVID, I think she's stuck there now. And uh, I was hoping she will be back by yeah. September, but now yeah. we don't know when. Mm. But again, I told her whenever she's done, she can come back. And by the time she come back, I will apply for distillery license. <laughs> 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 and, uh, I will buy distill. Yeah. <laughs> Right? She's a really hardworking person. Yep. Yeah. She must be. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Plus, I believe we should have more young people mm. in the industry. And so industry keep growing. See, it's how long we can work. Right? We have everybody have limited. Yep. We have to 
someday have to retire. Yep. So I work on my retirement plan when I have young people. <laughs> so. I don't tell them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell them I'm doing them favor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I put a lot of effort to mm. because when someone working here, I just don't look at that person working for me. Mm. I look that person is the future of our industry. Mm. That's mm. how I look. Mm -hmm. So I give my best. I tell them my best, whatever my knowledge is. I tell them I'm very open -bow. and I don't hide anything. And uh, all my experiences, they ask me, I'll tell you it. And uh, I give very free and they can do it. And uh, I, I don't uh, look on people's shoulders either when they're working, I give them their freedom to mm. do and uh, tell them to, to make a decision if you want to do something and uh, just uh, give them more confidence. Mm. That's what uh, I like. Uh, you have confidence, you can do better than if you always care when he comes, I don't know what he says. Yeah. Uh, it's like a family for mm. us and uh, I take care of them. For, it's a part of my family. Mm. So. There must definitely be times though where it gets frustrating or where it's challenging for you too. Uh, it is. It, it is. It's not that I don't get frustrated, but uh, they hardly notice me. I get frustrated. <laughs> I joke actually when I get frustrated. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what to watch out for. Is once, once Cardell starts joking, it's, you, you know you're yeah. in trouble. <laughs> and, uh, no, it'll just like always if someone does anything, did you know what? That's learning. Hmm. I always say mistake happen. Uh, first time is not a mistake. Hmm. First time is a lesson. Second time is a mistake. Third time is ignorance. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> then yeah. that means you're not learning. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, but uh, there's a lot of time things happen. One time uh, there was a young a new girl and uh, I wasn't here. They was uh, ready to start uh, crossing the must pump. That's a quite expensive piece. Uh, I think I, that time I pay around eight, nine thousand dollars for it. And uh, that weren't, <laughs> right? I, I came back and they were all like, <laughs> oh, what happened? So oh, that pump one, I said, so what? Mm. Let's see, let's figure out how we deal with it. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, it's expensive. I said, I don't care, it's expensive. It's not your part, it's my part actually. Mm. I should tell you how to run it. Yeah. Because uh, that pump shouldn't run dry. Right? Yep. That's not your fault. It's, an, I, it's my fault because I didn't give you enough training. So. I think that's, I mean, that's real leadership, right? Yeah. Because you, you take, like as a yeah. leader, you yeah, take ownership. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's, it's my fault. I didn't give you enough training. Yeah. It's not your fault. And uh, that's okay. Then the next thing happened. I wasn't here. They left the 
valve open on tank. <laughs> and uh, again, it's okay. We just paint the floor. It was red wine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but are you telling me you weren't like, you know, a little boiling or frustrated? In ah, no. Actually, really? you can ask my employee. Really? I don't get frustrated when the accident happened. No. Hmm. Sometime later, I tell them, yeah. but uh, that time I, I'm more laughing. It's, it's okay, that's okay. Because to me, that happened, hmm. right? Now I get frustrated. All the employees under stress. And next three, four days, I ruin their yeah. whole life. Three, four days, they will be under stress. And overall loss is a company, right? Our progress is not good. Our production is not mm. good. That's okay. Because the wine, I mean, the wine's good. You're yeah. not getting the wine back. No, you, it's, I, I always tell that kind of thing. I tell them, I say, it's not a first time. It's not a last time either. It keep happening. It happened to me, it happened to you, it happened to whoever comes in act, or it happen again too, right? It's like those things happen. It's only happen because you're working. Mm. And that's, uh, then uh, one thing, I don't remember, then, uh, one other thing happened, three different accidents. Then see, sitting here, very sad, I came. That time I was more working out in vineyard stuff like that. I came. What happened? She said, "You know what? I should quit." <laughs> I said, "Why?" <laughs> oh, I'm making more damage. I said, "I don't care about it. Just keep working." <laughs> Did I told you that you make damage? No. Did I get upset? I didn't. <laughs> because it's happened. <laughs> we are new. We are learning. And uh, one thing I always say: Don't worry. I'll fix anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing I tell them to do. If it's a good sideways, I'll fix it. <laughs> Mostly on equipment, anything. So yeah. I'll fix it. Don't worry about it. And I do. I do fix the equipment. Uh, even if it broke something at evening, I will work at night to make it work. <laughs> Being engineer, sometimes you yeah, figure out things. And sometimes you find stuff in a home hardware which work on your press. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, any kind of like a store I go, my wife always say, you know, I can see smile on your face walking on those stores where you can make something. Even you don't buy anything, but you look happy. Because at that time, I, I'm looking what I can do if something happens. <laughs> right? I'm scanning yep, all the yep, things. Yep. I can get to this, I can this, maybe this. So, yeah, now that's how it is. I don't get upset with the... Very easily. And, uh, I, I think a little bit of that too, just uh, the way you're talking about it, Carnell, is the, yeah. like, you're in, like, that sounds like so much like an engineer. Yeah. I don't know, have you met, um, I don't know if you know Paul Gardner over at Pentage Winery? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the same way. Oh, yeah. He's right? an engineer. Yeah, exactly. I remember he, he he's was. He's a nice person. Yes. I like him. Yeah, he's a good, yeah. good guy. Paul, he, yeah. He was picking me up once. Yeah. Uh, we were just going to go for a, a bite and some drinks. And uh, there was some like telephone wire that was uh, kind of angled down and he was thinking about some project. And so he hops out of the car and he's jangling the wire and he's thinking like, you know, will this wire work? And you know, yeah. it's exactly that same, exactly <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. He's just always, you know. Yeah, you always look at yeah. that work or not. And uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, 
it's not that I don't get upset, I do sometimes. And mostly I get uh, upset when the stupidity happen again and again. Mm. I'm making some stupid thing, like don't make sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, otherwise I'm very easy going and uh, I don't get upset with it. Mostly with employees, I'm very nice. Like I have young employees, that girl, I thought by talking Victoria, she was like my own daughter, right? Mm -hmm. We always say, oh, that's why I have another adopted daughter. <laughs> and uh, Jessica is another one, she working for us in office. She's like my daughter too, like they're young, same, almost very close to my kids. Mm. And uh, I, I treat them like the young people, particularly, it's my own kid. And uh, even you can ask, I says, if you feel hungry, that's the house. You go there, <laughs> go eat. <laughs> there. Grab some food from the fridge. So yeah. uh, returning to your story. So you're uh, now the vineyard manager at Summerhill. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah, go, go back there. So yeah. you're, yeah. So what, uh, what year are we at again when you started at Summerhill? Uh, 96. 96. And you were there as the, uh, sorry, when do you, when were you vineyard manager there? Uh, 98 or 99, start off Quickly. 19, uh, yeah. 98, I yeah. think. Uh, I was, uh, and how long, and you were at Summerhill until? Until uh, 2006. Hmm. So you're managing the vineyard, what else? Because obviously you bought, uh, you started purchasing some vineyard property. When did that start? Uh, the first property we leased, is uh, 2001, hmm. the 10 acre behind there, okay. next to this property. Yes. And then uh, 2003, we plant this one, we lead this and plant. And 2004, we bought a vineyard in uh, Oliver hmm. on Highway 97. And 2005, we bought another vineyard. <laughs> so 2005, I also gave them a notice to Summerhill mm. because I'm leaving next year because uh, now my vineyard was suffering. When I was working at Summerhill, I was working at my own place. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the, that point, 2005, I think uh, I cannot divide myself. Mm. So one year notice so they can hire someone I can train and that uh, <coughs> kind of thing. Then uh, 2006, uh, I left Summerhill. And uh, then uh, we started winemaking in 2006 too. Hmm. And uh, we opened for public in 2008. <laughs> so and, like, how were you, like how were you able to, was that just your family coming together get, like, yeah. to make the investment in these vineyards? So you're- Yeah, it's a family. Yeah. Together, whole family. Hmm. And then, uh, and, and uh, also I was like, even though I was at Summerhill that time, I was looking for stuff for winemaking. Hmm. If I find anything cheap, why piece by piece. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then like, where's your winemaking knowledge growing? Because you have this farming background and obviously now you're the vineyard manager, so you yeah. have a lot of farming experience. Yeah. But where does your, like, where does your winemaking experience come from? Uh, that's also from Summerhill, mm. working with Alan Valley mm. winemaker there. Mm. And uh, like I go work in vineyard, I go early morning, sometimes I start at five. 
do the vineyard work. Then after working there, come back to the winery, helping them in winery mm. and learn because you want to learn, right? Yes. And uh, when the harvest time, I do harvest. If they need help in uh, crossing, I, I jump in. And the, any need help they need in winery, I come there. They need any equipment to uh, work on, I do fix that kind of thing. So I, I want to learn, right? Mm. And uh, I took uh, that also the first, uh, uh, it's called Wine 101 course. Mm. <laughs> that one I took it yeah. too. <laughs> and uh, uh, Bruce Eard and uh, Elliot P. Notice, I think, taught that course. And uh, Elias, uh, I remember when I told him, I said, Elias, I don't drink wine, but I want to make wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he said? Oh, sir, you be the good one because you don't forget what to do end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, who drink wine, they get drunk, they don't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah. And, so uh, so uh, maybe I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, let, let's sit on that for a second because I you know it's it's crazy to me that you don't uh, you don't drink wine and here you are a winemaker you've won a bunch of awards yeah. um, how like what so um, and I understand like it's you have an allergy is that uh, yeah it's it's called intolerant right mm -hmm. yeah so I'm intolerant to alcohol mm -hmm. so. That's why I don't drink. I do taste it. I spit it out. But uh, if I swallow, then I, my system don't allow it. Hmm. Sometimes people ask me, what wine do you like? I say, I like every wine, but they don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> because that's uh, <laughs> uh, what it is, right? That's, uh, <laughs> but I do taste. And uh, I'm more, uh, I'd say I'm a good wine grower. Hmm. Right, Vinjard, that's I'm very good at it. Then in winemaking, we do get the help from mm -hmm. Alan. And uh, he's really, really huge help mm -hmm. for us. And uh, so that's how yeah. I get into winemaking. But again, I uh, you really don't need to drink. And I also give some good example from um, Indian culture. Most Indian women don't eat meat. Right? Mm -hmm. Mostly, in, if we say our generation or before that, my mom's generation, that, uh, but uh, some of them, they cook meat really good without mm -hmm. tasting, even they don't taste. <laughs> my sister does very good, she don't even taste it. <laughs> and my kids sometimes go to her, hey, aunt, can you make us the chicken? <laughs> right? Yeah, so yeah, that's a great point. So then you must have like a much more, there must be other elements that you're paying attention to yeah. because I mean, your sense of smell must be really smell developed. Smell is very good. Yes. And uh, even sometimes I walk into the building, I can uh, kind of guess there is one or two tank is uh, mm. not smelling good. Then I follow that and go to there and yep. see, okay, that needs some attention. Yeah. Is it, is it frustrating though at all? I mean, you've had award-winning wines and you can't, like, you can taste them, but you can't fully taste, you know? Uh, no. Yeah. No. It's just the way it is. That's how it is. Yeah. I enjoy it, right? Yeah. That's what, uh, making part, producing part, I enjoy it. Mm. To make something, right? Yeah. 
Ett engineering, you make something, yeah. <laughs> you feel satisfied, <laughs> then you're productive again. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of what you're talking about, this love of learning and yeah. exploration and creating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'll uh, leak, right? Uh, mm. What I want to do, distillation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I did experimental distillation myself. So. Yeah. How did it go? How did they... oh, good. Yeah. good. Like a... It's not really distilled, you homemade stuff, yes. and you homemade stuff, you distill it and see different. And uh, one year I did uh, very good. It's, uh, I made some people love mm. that. Like, it's not big. It's, uh, I'm thinking to, like, uh, get into distillation. Mm. And, okay, so 2008, you've, you and your family have bought a number of vineyards. Yeah. Uh, you've been growing on them for a few years, at least a few years yeah. now, uh, purchased or leased. Yeah. And then 2008, you open Kalala. So yes. maybe walk us through a little bit of, because you must have obviously had to do a bunch of, of building and what made you go from, because you were originally selling your grapes, yeah. right, as a grower, and yeah. now you're going to be making it. So why make that jump? Like what? Well, that jump was decided back in 95 <laughs> when uh, we were sitting in lunch at uh, 10 or $15 for we juice. Yeah. We're going to tell but uh, the part the we don't know that we learned afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's the part we don't know that we learned when we started. <laughs> uh, it's not that easy to sell that $15 yep. juice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah it's, uh, that's how we mm. we want to do it, right? Yes. That was already in my head mm -hmm. and we want to do it. So... 2008 we started it and that's a small we didn't spend too much money and uh, we start actually without a bank too hmm. that time for starting winery i didn't get any fund that time we we just small yeah and, uh, and that's just coming from your family saving and pooling money and that's uh, what, yeah yeah we, we do like we do have mortgage on property mm, yes but we we all was working outside hmm. too right and then, uh, so we did it slowly. We bought the small pieces, the bit by bit, and then uh, it's uh, the rest is history. We are doing it, but we learned it is expensive. Now we have debt to pay yeah, back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then overall, it's a good, and I love actually, one thing I love about winemaking, you have wine store mm. there, meeting all different people from mm. all over the world, right? Mm. You learn a lot. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot, and that's, that's what I like, mm. and uh, you stay fresh with your knowledge of the uh, whole world about wine. Even not wine, you talk about other stuff too. Yes. You know, Sometimes I get engineers, you talk about <laughs> everything. <laughs> right? oh. <laughs> That's what I like about mm. you meet new people and a, a nice industry. Mm -hmm. Industry. And uh, people are very open in this industry. And there are always some people who don't want to talk about what they do, but the majority, I think, are very open what they do. We all talk to each other. Yes. And, 
my personal belief there's nothing to hide. More you tell, the more you learn. Yeah, and the more the more everyone else does well as well, yeah, the better the BC. Better for BC. Yes. That's yeah. A rising tide if lifts I, all boats. Yeah. A good example. If I say I don't want to tell anybody what I do in the vineyard, mm-hmm. what I'm doing, I'm stopped learning. Hmm. Because if people don't ask questions, your knowledge gets limited. You just suck with your comfort zone. Hmm. That's it. But when people come with the questions, you talk to people. If if you don't tell, people start uh, stop asking, right? So that guy not going to tell anything yes. anyway. Why bother? But uh, I'm very open to talk about things, and uh, then I learn. People ask questions, I learn, and uh, I don't know everything. I know very small amount of it, and uh, I, I tell even my workers. I say, if you have any questions, you can ask me. If I know it, I will answer it. If I don't know it, I will try to find answer for it. Right? Yes. And I'll talk to someone else to yeah, find yes. answer. Right? <laughs> That's how you do. And uh, I like, uh, say, experimenting in Vineyard, uh, working with the Summerland Research Center, and learn lots from there. Right? So. Yeah. So, what would you say? I'm, you know, I just always curious because you've done so much experimentation, you're so focused on learning. Like, what, you know, what do you feel? separates you know like what you're what you're doing because i think one thing that clearly separates kalala from you know a lot of other wineries and separates you is this deep deep desire to learn to get to let other people learn yeah and to learn through them so then what like from that what do you think like from you know all this dedication to learning what do you think then comes of that that separates you that separates kalala from other wineries what makes what like what have you taken from that to make kalala special Everybody is special mm. and whatever mm-hmm. they do, everybody yep. is special and sometimes I say when uh, we do, we do our best. Yes. Right? Everybody do best uh, in industry. What to do separate, we have a, we brought different culture. Mm. I, I don't think there will be too many wineries who's uh, cook for their workers when they're working <laughs> <laughs> and I do. <laughs> right yep. and uh, sometimes like uh, the workers say oh it's, it's two o'clock we didn't get to tea yet <laughs> <laughs> and they call home yeah. <laughs> we didn't get tea <laughs> it's true yeah. like that they call home we didn't get tea <laughs> today <laughs> when my wife is working full time, yes. after she forgets yeah. to do it, nobody there to yeah. do it. <laughs> they say, oh, we didn't get tea today. Yeah. Okay, I'll put on tea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's like, uh, you can talk to even all my workers, it's like my own family, mm-hmm. and I stand with them, mm-hmm. and I tell them any help they need, and I will do it, and mm. I'll stand with them mm. all the time. and. Uh, I offer whenever they need any help, don't hesitate. Hmm. Even like when we uh, we close earlier this year, due to COVID right now, people coming. I told them I'll keep you paying until I have money in bank. Hmm. And uh, 
Hmm. I'll try to get and every paycheck I give just consider that's the last one don't spend too much <laughs> but uh, I say but we will help right hmm. so like uh, we are all together mm-hmm. in this game we are not uh, you are not uh, as a worker you are as a part of family so we are all together here we stick together yes in hard time in good times hmm. so but uh, and my house is open for them mm. and they can come any time and they can discuss anything that's uh, that's great and i mean you're certified organic so why why do that certification i mean you could just farm organically like so what or or you know even why farm, why have you kind of decided to go that route farming organically getting certified <laughs> Uh, farming organically, I think that's the way to do it. Mm. I learned that way. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I want to do yes. it. And uh, one thing I always say, if you live on a farm, you are not organic, you are not honest to your children. Mm. You'll be fencing them around, but still lots of stuff goes inside the house, mm. you should pray. And why certification is just because there are too many people questioning. I really, I don't think I need a certificate. Mm. I do everything organic. I do, because I work toward reducing input. Mm-hmm. I'm not an organic farmer. If I get to some new product, that do a good job or use it. No, I want to reduce the use of input. So you will try to stay as close as to the nature. Mm. And uh, that's uh, why I do get certification because there was uh, everybody. Oh, are you certified? Oh. No, I'm not. What time ago again? <laughs> and then also, I think it's 2008 or nine when uh, the Canada made it. Uh, it's called Canadian Organic Standard, mm. and uh, the word organic kind of regulated. That's it, you have to be certified. Then I applied for it. Hmm. And I did a training also as organic inspector. So. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, again, learning, I don't want to do work, uh, much work in that field, but uh, you learn, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but organic is important for me. And that's uh, one thing we want to do best for our next generation, it is important that uh, the land, but the land is a gift from your next generations. So mm. keep it in a good shape. Mm. So they, when they receive it, they don't complain that our <laughs> parents <laughs> didn't pay attention to yes. it, now we have to deal with it. Yeah. So that's what uh, that's why I do organic and mm. uh, that's the way to do farming and we can do very well on it and uh, we did very well on it. I did uh, organic grapes, I'm doing organic apples. Mm. That's uh, good and uh, over the time the plant is better and it's not only <coughs> you, your family and also your worker work there too. Where you push them to working with all that crap, and uh, in uh, later siege uh, uh, time of life, when they want to enjoy, then they get a problem, mm-hmm. complication from those chemicals. 
Yeah. So. <laughs> so organ is a really, really broad thing. It's not just small. It is more than what we think. Mm -hmm. Like it's, uh, I'm not only affecting people here. I'm affecting my neighbors. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm uh, affecting people who work in vineyard. I, I I affect people who walk through vineyard, mm. right? I told my neighbor they can walk any time, even tractor is running, spraying something. That's not really to get worried about. It's very small amount every year, mm. and it's very very mild. It's not anything you have to worry about. No. The people are happy, I think, with that. I tell sometimes, I say, I'm organic. Don't worry what we spray. Sometimes you well smell funny too. <laughs> so that's the only, that smell doesn't kill you. Yes. <laughs> it's just a little bit. <laughs> because we do it with fertilizer sometimes. Yes. So that's a, it doesn't really kill you. It's it funny when you don't smell those things. But some product you don't smell, they go inside you that make a lot more yep. damage than that smell. Yes. So. Yeah, exactly. Smell doesn't kill you. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, I'm always intensely curious because I think in some ways, uh, you know, it's not like whether it's organic or conventional or biodynamic, like in some ways, the most important piece of that is what you were talking about is reducing inputs. Yeah. Um, so how, like, maybe talk a little bit about if you, you know, how have you been so successful in reducing your input so much? I mean, you talked about, you know, how you do uh, thinning and pruning, obviously yeah. your strategies yeah. there, you yeah. have cover crops, which help, but what, yeah. like, what else have you has really allowed you to keep those inputs down so much? I think over the year, one thing I give you a good example in this whole vineyard, last 10 years, I didn't do anything to control insect. Hmm. Their self, Controlled now. Interesting. That we do, we do have some insect, but uh, the, uh, they're at the point where it's not uh, the threshold I have yeah, to worry about. Hit, yeah. And uh, again, like uh, sulfur, you, you most people use, I think, three, three to six pound an acre. My average sulfur use in a grams four hundred gram to 200 grams somewhere there in the application. The highest I think is 400 gram I use. Yeah. And uh, lowest about 200 grams, sometimes I go to 100 gram too. So I reduce that by using culture practices mm. and uh, let the plant do what they want to do, doing different uh, the strategy to fertigate and mm. uh, to nutrient and uh, I really, ideally, I want to do that plant do not need any insecticide or fungicide. Mm. They should be able to fight themselves and uh, I want to do a project where I want to Feed the plant and balance everything, mm. like uh, nutrition, everything. Then see how they react to all other diseases. Like as a, as a human, if we eat balanced diet, we stay very healthy and we don't get sick. So plant is a living organism, so they can be same way. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, one thing I want to do mm. in the uh, future. 
do a project and see can we do get away without even spraying sulfur. <laughs> That's fascinating. And what are you like? So what? Yeah, I mean that'd be so interesting. And what are you doing in terms of like fertigation, nutrition, like what? Like how are you making those decisions? Like in terms of what? Like like how are you deciding what what to put down, what to feed the plants? That's uh, some are very common. We need right a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mm -hmm. and uh, we've always surprised. I didn't do any soil analysis in vineyard. Mm. Last was I think two thousand three. You haven't done any soil analysis since 2003? No PTO analysis, no soil. No PTO, no soil. Yeah. <laughs> and all I go with my look. That's that's very fascinating. So then, like, you're just kind of looking at the plants and going, this is, but then. Yeah, you look at the plants, yeah. you look at all the vegetation yeah. too, right? You see different things and. Uh, then just see, oh, maybe we should do this, maybe do this. I, like, I never do recommended rate either. Mm. I do very small amount yes. of what they say. Well, the recommended rate is way too high. Yeah, recommended rate, they want to sell it. Yes, exactly. So I, I do and see the result, okay, that's work. We don't mm. need to do more than that. So how do you do it, uh, you know, because sometimes by the time you're showing either vigor issues or you're even seeing a specific nutrient deficiency in the plant where you're going, it's a magnesium or it's a phosphorus deficiency. In some ways that's too late. So you, do you just deal with it or are you like, do you just, okay, it's, uh, you know, we'll add it now, but it's going to be too late. Or like, how are you anticipating what the plant needs? It's like sometimes you see in fall, right? Sometimes you see early season. The early season is a year, but the fall <laughs> one is too late. Yep, yep. But as you live and learn, mm. right? Mm. So we, uh, I spend a fair amount of time, and mostly, if any tractor job I do in vineyard myself, mm. and because that time you can almost see every single plant in vineyard. We drive through every row. You keep your eyes open, and if you see anything. Then I get out, I mark that line and hmm. go back to do more. I said, sometimes actually I stop tractor to see, okay, let's look at something different, why it is, right? Yep. And that's, uh, that's how I manage. And hmm. I tell my, all the people too, I say, when you're on tractor, don't put earplug in your ears. And my uh, music. Yes, yes. Earplug is important. Yeah, yeah, music. Yeah. <laughs> music. I, I don't like uh, listening music on uh, any equipment. Mm. And two things. I tell them, when you're running any equipment on farm, it have its own music. You mm. just uh, sync with it. And one thing it helps you, before it, uh, something goes wrong, that sound change. When that sound change, you stop. You check that time. That way, you can also stop a lot more damage before something come apart. Hmm. Yes. And if you're listening music, you're not listening that. And then uh, I, I also deal with sometimes situation where someone driving a tractor and the front wheel came off. <laughs> front wheel, you're looking at all the time. <laughs> Forget about something happening behind, right? So that uh, 
I always suggest people not to use music on tractor. Just uh, think about the music what mm. you hear. Then uh, once that uh, sound change, you stop and mm. see what's wrong with it. And uh, like a good example, one of my worker was uh, mowing, and uh, he came back and uh, one hammer was missing on more. Mm. and. Uh, then uh, we put a new uh, hammer, then uh, my brother was doing more. He didn't find the hammer. My brother was mowing and he lost the hammer. He right away found where the hammer is. Because he stopped the tractor right away. Okay, the music changed. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right? Yes. If music changed, something happened to the mower. Yeah. And uh, he found the hammer, he got the new bolt and put yeah. the hammer back, yeah. done. But other one, I have to replace the hammer. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's what I say. Don't just listen to the music. Mm. And uh, I, when I was in summer hell and uh, my foreman was uh, Abby Frage, very close friend, and uh, he's a German. He, Sometimes he says, Colonel, how did you know that thing happened before? You always stop before. <laughs> you know, I listen it. <laughs> How are you here? Yeah. No, that's again, like it. You learn from everybody. Abby is also, I learned a lot from him. And, uh, one thing he always jokes when I do any fixing on uh, irrigation, he says, don't use third world engineering. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a joke. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you used to do like that. <laughs> and don't do third word engineering. <laughs> do it properly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I learned from him a lot to cutting pipe, mm. everything. And uh, you learn from everybody. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I learned from all the workers here when they tell something yeah. that can be done. <laughs> right. So talking about BC wine a little bit, where, you know, something kind of uh, been talking with everyone we sit down with is where, like, where do you think BC wine needs to go now? Like, like what does BC wine need to do to really take that next step? Like, what do you see as kind of necessary to... Uh, we are getting way better mm -hmm. because uh, as if I look back in 96 and that, uh, in that time, I think that time was almost the starting of industry because 89 happened that mm. free trade people pull out to start planting and learning what to grow where. Mm -hmm. Now we are more aware what we can grow in West Bank, what we can grow in uh, Oliver. Yes. Because in earliest uh, days people plant uh, even Cap Franc on that end of valley, right? It's a learning, yep. nothing wrong with it. Now I think uh, we are getting more close to define what we can grow in which region and uh, what to do better in West Bank, what to do better in uh, Lake Country, what to do on uh, the uh, east uh, side of the lake. Yes. We are learning more and, uh, and we are progressing very good. Mm. And the quality of wine, is uh, getting better and better. Internationally, we are winning lots of uh, competition. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, we need more research and development. Mm. 
right? Yes. To do, and uh, we are experimenting a lot new, new uh, varieties now as compared to what uh, we was uh, hesitated to do it in early, uh, early days. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we have to keep doing that. And uh, we have to uh, step forward to tell the world about this valley. Mm. One thing I think we should focus on this. Okanagan is really, really good region to grow organic. Mm. And uh, I think uh, it should be like this. If you talk to anybody in the world about Okanagan Valley, they automatically think it's organic mm. and environmentally sound growing region. Yes. That's what uh, mm. I think we should do. That's what should we promote. And uh, when we go internationally, uh, like uh, BC Wine Institute, uh, BC Wine Institute, they do marketing. I think they should do more like uh, when they go anywhere, they should take some growers with them mm. and they tell people how we grow. Yes. Instead of just uh, going people from off, yeah. they sort of have growers or winemakers yep. from different wineries. Like they go to international wine trade shows, then they, instead of selling a wine, they should sell the valley, a Kanaga. Hmm. I like that. Right? Yes, yes. So that's what uh, I think uh, we should do more. And uh, it will help everybody. I think also it's a beautiful valley. We should sell the whole valley, like people should know. And people should learn how we do the work mm. here, right? So that's why it is important to get to the growers, winemakers who are hands-on experience mm. and that stuff. I like, really like that. Yeah. And what's next for Kalala? Like what, what are you looking forward to? What's coming? Uh, they said we're planting new vineyard. Yes. We did plant. <laughs> and uh, I plant uh, an uh, other variety. It's a German regent. And also now it's, again, before, if I would have been planting that vineyard, I may not, uh, back in 95, 96, may not pay as much attention to clones and uh, mm. rootstock as the, I pay today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because now I have more knowledge. Yes. <laughs> right? And uh, we have three different, uh, even clone of Pinot Noir mm. uh, in that vineyard. Then we plant Regent and two different clones of Pinot Gris, right? And different rootstocks, yep. and two different rootstocks, even three. And so now we're progressing. We can have more knowledge and uh, we do more experiments yes. too. And uh, Regent, I think, do very well because uh, it is a nice uh, red grapes. <laughs> and, uh, it's been planted in BC. I think uh, Vancouver Island have some. And, uh, now we're planting here and see how that do. <laughs> and uh, I always look for a new variety to do experiment in, uh, in my vineyard. And uh, last year I plant uh, front neck noir, front neck uh, blanc and market, 100 plant each to see how they hmm. do. I have one uh, vineyard, nothing survives, it's too cold. Oh. 
So you have to learn. Yep. And uh, uh, we had uh, we did another project uh, back in 2010. Uh, we developed a vineyard in Smilkameen, which uh, I don't own it anymore. But there, we also plant five different uh, Italian varieties. Ah, interesting. And uh, the Tribbiano we have already in VC, but uh, I think other Refasco, uh, Trollodigo, and Legrand. <laughs> I don't think anybody had that before, but if I had, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. But we plant yeah. those. And uh, another one, Muscat Jello. I think Muscat Jello is already planted in Valley. I did plant some here too. Mm -hmm. So, that uh, we can, I I like doing experiment. I like to see new things. As I said, running water stays clean. <laughs> well, it's, uh, so you have to keep moving. Mm. And uh, if you just uh, say, okay, that's a uh, what we're doing, that's your comfort zone, then I think progress stopped there. Hmm. Yes. And uh, also, not always uh, look for finance or economics. Sometimes you look what you can do for future. Hmm. So that's really a, like that. What I more and more look like, okay, it's not only look at finance, look at what you can do for future. If those few varieties do very well, we did something for future of this yeah. industry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If, and not, if, they, if we learn. <laughs> yes, and you still did something well yeah, yeah, yeah. for future. Yeah. Oh, that too. So yes. nobody do uh, yes. that in the future either, right? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's what it is. And uh, we are uh, we are thinking to build a new building. Hmm. Yeah, that's one thing uh, I think we should do. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there are like uh, sometimes there are some people who do like the look of the place too. Mm -hmm. I see people coming here, turn around and yep. go back. Yep. <laughs> it look like a, it look a little bit better before it look like a workshop. Yes. <laughs> I think people hesitate if they open there, someone working on track. <laughs> <laughs> so we did a little bit of makeup, yeah. but still we need to do more on the building. Yeah. And for, for everyone listening, what Cornell's talking about is we're just right now uh, in his vineyard and we're looking at his uh, wine shop, which looks like, like he said, it looks very workshop-like. It's very practical. But I yeah. mean, for me, I always like that. Like some yeah, of my favorite places, yeah. it's, a, it's a shack, it's... Yeah, because we can, uh, yeah. like, you can, it's a, it's a bad workshop, actually. Yes. We retrofitted to the one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. Then we add this uh, little bit uh, structure to it mm. last uh, year before. So it's looking, we're working slowly to yeah. make it better. And uh, we, hopefully, we're building, building very soon. And maybe building on different locations too. Ah, interesting. Yeah. A little teaser there. Yeah, we. I think we will build on different locations. Mm -hmm. We, I keep this. I want to keep this place. Mm -hmm. Edges, edges. It's a very regional. Yes. Yeah. So other than uh, yeah, that's what it is. 
that happens right some people go well look one incident i will share with you it happened with me during wine tasting but uh, was a young girl came to taste wine she asked who make the wine i said i did right and i poured the wine and she tasted it and she said how is that she said it tastes better than what i think <laughs> so yeah that actually that one time i do yeah. get upset yes as you should so uh, my question to her i said why did you think wine shouldn't taste good right yep the wine that time she was tasting was rank one of the best gwartaminer in canada and when 10 medals <laughs> i kind of told her i said you know what i made this wine i throw in the air it comes with the medal <laughs> <laughs> you said it tastes better than you think why do you think that right oh <sighs> but that happened right that uh, it's a people's ignorance mm-hmm. and uh, nobody relate uh, the person look like me being wine maker and uh, it uh, is i i don't call it uh, like really it's not racism it's more like lack of knowledge yeah it's ignorance there is a kind of yeah. lack of knowledge yeah. too yes right i think there i think there is a level of ra- like there you know i think it is a level of racism because yeah. like you're yeah. saying it is ignorant you know it is ignorance it's it's more like lack of knowledge yes yeah i hear from some really really prominent people in industries mm-hmm. saying that but uh, what me that oh, indocanadian don't know how to make wine or indian don't know mm-hmm. how to make wine or grow things so that's okay it's their problem yep and uh, sometimes people ask me oh did you know how to grow things when you were back home and did you know about agriculture my answer to them mostly if we don't know about agriculture india shouldn't have that much population <laughs> and say so i'm so from punjab true. and that's 1.5% of total land mass of india and it produce up to 80% of food for whole country <laughs> so if we don't know about <laughs> agriculture india shouldn't have that much yeah. population we can they will be starving and yes. I'm, i'm from punjab and so that's all i can tell i don't know about agriculture whatever i don't need to tell. i'm from punjab i born in the state who yep. feed a billion yeah. people right? wow so, oh. well, some like, people like uh, now it's easier because since the internet thing it's, mm. i think make it easier yep and uh, one question i also been ask early days if we do have a tractor in india <laughs> right <laughs> and that time internet was just coming like yes. 96 98 you can search and i searched i find out that india uh, the, the indian company who is the largest tractor manufacturer in the world <laughs> <laughs> i gave to it 
<laughs> you should have said back, well, do you have tractor here? Like, Because <laughs> we make the most. <laughs> no, that's like, because that time it's a lack of knowledge, yes, right? Yes. I don't know lots of stuff. Mm. Even I don't know much about Indian wine industry when I was there. Mm. And it was just starting that time. Mm. The Indian wine industry is very old, but it died. And uh, ah. I think it's very much died in uh, 16 or even year 1200 or something. Wow. Yeah. Huh. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, that I learned here, actually, yeah. that Indian wine industry is quite old. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite old, which mm. I learned it here, right? Mm -hmm. Because there, I don't drink wine. I have no clue about wine when I was there, right? And mm -hmm. uh, first impression for us about wine, because all we read in liquor stores there, wine and beer. We thought it's another liquor kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but there's a no more here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> Like, we don't know everything. You learn. Mm -hmm. As long as you open to learn, I think yes. it's uh, more important. And uh, I, I do spend a lot of time on internet learning mm. in early days. It's a good source. So that's how it is, yeah. right? Yes. I think the wine industry I learned when they was when I took winemaking courses here, I think that's when they mentioned how the wine industry started and that, mm. uh, like, originally all the grapes came from Middle East. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> they probably traveled to India, that. Yeah. When we found, like, you know, wine that's thousands of years old or the, yeah. the residue of wine from thousands and thousands yeah. of years ago, yeah. And you know, a few years back, they find a wine press in Egypt, like, uh, what, 1,400 years old yeah. or something? Yes. <laughs> and then they also find some wine with that, so. Yeah, they just found a, um, uh, in Israel, they just found an old wine press. Yeah. That was from, uh, you know, was in the region and, you know, potentially what well, was from the time was from some of the ancient Israel, uh, Old Testament, biblical period. Yeah. Like that, you know, it's, yeah, mm, like a, you know, maybe 3,000 years old yeah. or, yeah. So it's, it's, it's an old industry. Yes. Yeah. Um, One other thing when people say that the organic is new, I say, no, it's old. Yes. <laughs> so we do that before we're doing that. Exactly. <laughs> Going full cycle. <laughs> There's nothing but organic. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just as we wrap up here, um, is there anything you'd like to ask the audience to do? I mean, obviously come check out Kalala, come try your wine, come buy your wine. And not only Kalala, I think uh, everybody should support the local mm -hmm. industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really need it now. Yes. Since we cannot get uh, people from uh, Outside, I think it is important that uh, people sort of support the BC wine industry. It's not only Kalala, like it's, it's a big industry. Whoever mm -hmm. you wine you like, I think order online or order by phone and pick up. And uh, every wine is shipping mm. everywhere in BC. It's uh, it's it's really really important for the people to support the local industry. Mm. 
and whoever wine you like you sort order from there and support the winery and that uh, that's what goes a long way and uh, like uh, sold a case of wine what uh, food on the table about four or five different people hmm. we got a wine on sale earlier it's a it's a hundred dollar case my wife do accounting she says, really we don't make anything but that wine and she know we don't make anything but do you know how that affect so we sell we make say 20 bucks the sales person sell see make 15 dollars hmm. <laughs> right yes and we ship shipping company make another 10 15 dollars <laughs> <laughs> so look at the economy, how it works. Like yep. it's not only we making money, but we keep moving. Like how many, four or five people getting something from that. Yes. Right? So it's, uh, I think people should support VC wine industry yep. as much as they can. And this is a hard time for everybody. And uh, we are all together. Yes. And we stick together and we will go through it together. And I think stay happy and healthy, that's <laughs> more important, right? Yes. And that's it, that's it. And uh, everybody, I say, enjoy the life hmm. and don't get too much stress. <laughs> <laughs> life is too short to be stressed about. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we, um, it's not like we don't have it. I do get to stress yes. and then uh, faster. 15 days inside the house, <laughs> the <laughs> lockdown. Yes. So it was kind of depressing yep. because I'm more like a people person. I want to come and talk to people here. Yep. You are almost yeah. <laughs> But to stay happy and learn more and more and mm. stay open-minded. Mm. Uh, don't hesitate to ask questions. If you have a question about anybody, they say, is the Racism come from lack of knowledge. You talk to person, you will may find really good person. Maybe mm -hmm. he don't look like <laughs> the same, but yeah. there we lots of good people look different from each other. Yes, but uh, we are from the same DNA. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And there. Yeah. I think that's that's great. Yeah. So well, you find people, all kind of people, in every culture, everywhere. But uh, overall, I think uh, uh, don't hesitate. And uh, I love to answer people when they ask like uh, sometimes young kids when mm -hmm. I go to school with my kids they're curious oh why do you have that on yeah. your head <laughs> they say, no no I say, no 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 that's important they mm. should learn yes uh, right then I explain I'm I belong to this and that's my turban that's a cultural thing for us and also it's religious but I'm not religious but I bear because it's part of my culture mm. I do give them whole explanation about yeah. who I am, and they're happy, right? Yes. So. And they've learned, yeah. Yeah, they learn. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been uh, Carnell Singh Sadhu, uh, who just won the 2020 BC Grape Growers Association Viticulturalist of the Year. Obviously, your wine. You've won a bunch of other awards as well. Yes. Your wines have won awards. Uh, certified organic at Kalala State Winery. Thank you so yeah. much, Cornell. This has just yeah, been no, a pleasure. Yeah, no, one thing I want to correct. Mm. The winery is not certified. Vinjad is certified. Okay. Vinjard. Perfect. It, uh, people get confused in some time. But we use uh, 
organic practice mm -hmm. to make wine and uh, eventually i think once we weld the new welding then i will go for certification because right now i do also some custom work for other people mm. and it uh, create me a lot more paperwork and uh, and i don't want to do like uh, wherever it's a room you get commingling stuff like yes. that so once i get uh, certification probably i stick with my own stuff and mm. that's uh, Great. Well, 100%. 100%. No, no question how you deal with if you get this. It's 100% organic. And uh, I'm probably, once we weld a new welding, we go organic certification. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real Thanks pleasure. Thanks for coming. And have a nice day. Yeah, you too. Stay healthy. <laughs> Bye now. find out more about Carnell and his wine online with numerous articles but more importantly you can find his wine at halala.ca that's k-a-l-a-l-a.ca -A -A these links and others are included in the show notes as well